0: The fantasy football season has come to an end, but this is the perfect time to take your sports viewing experience to the next level. Epson, just hook your boy up with this new Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector, including their optional 120 inch silver flex screen. And I'm telling you right now, this is an absolute game changer with an Epic 120 inch picture. It's twice the size of an 85 inch TV. I should know I I had one of those in my old setup, and y'all know I love scouting prospects for the NFL draft. And with that 4K Pro UHD picture this big, it can take the way that I evaluate prospect game film to a level never seen before. To learn more, visit Epson.com forward slash wake up. Again, that's epson.com forward slash wake up. And like Epson says, bring the sportsbook experience home. Do you believe in miracles? In miracles, in miracles, in miracles. <laughs> we got Fizzle in the house. Fizzle, what's good, man? Fizzle, glad to have you here. Let's go. This the South Harmony Podcast. Glad you're here today. Patreon
1: link, if you hit a stay. Dynasty best ball, that's my favorite way. 40 chess trade. Show let's make a trade today. Or check the AMA. You know Adam at the ATM. Mike always in the building. he gon' stay with him. They gon' start every show off with their own trade. Fantasy's a big ocean, they made their own wave. Make sure you tapping in there Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesday night, like Saturday morning. Ain't no better way. Vacation bill when the news
0: Sign me the fuck up for that deal too
1: I like what yeah. I like You know what I mean Like I don't go to McDonald's and order something different Cause I wanna expand my portfolio No
0: I'm basic my ass man ass is in there I know I'm what I like Quarter
1: powder with cheese
0: guy Every <laughs> time. Let's go uh, Mike you didn't see in the comments But uh, T-Rock told me to So I did it um, All so, right. He said quick ATM Farting Mike's drink while he's gone And so I had to do it That's It's in that I bottle see. As soon as you open it It's gonna smell like shit
1: uh, I ain't gonna lie. I probably pissed on the floor. My wife's gonna kill me in the morning. But fuck it.
0: You better wipe that <laughs> shit up then. Um,
1: <laughs> got you after this.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ! Keep trade cut tits. I ass, have no shot, idea right? what the fuck is going on anymore. <laughs> he won't get out of. Keep trade cut tits Keep ass. Keep Go. Keep trade cut tits <laughs> ass. B. <speech. laughs> that is a tongue twister, my friends.
1: Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of the Forty Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. So many podcasts out there, so much good content, and you choose to listen to us. So we thank you for that. Hope you enjoyed that intro. That is a an intro and a half. That's like intro times two, man. We got hooked up by our boy Fizzle Dollars. If you don't know who Fizzle is... I will put his information in the description of this episode. Do us a favor, go give him a follow. He's absolutely fantastic. Big supporter of Adam and I, so big shout out to Fizzle. That was an incredible song that he made for us, so hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. I probably listened to it like 37 times so far, Adam. I don't know if that's an exaggeration either, but how are you doing tonight, buddy?
0: I'm doing well. That that was a absolute killer intro by Fizzle, um, Mike. Not to one up you, but I know I've listened to it a lot more than that because I put uh, together a video. You're not gonna be able to, you know, see the video here on the podcast, but I to put together a video for it. Uh, Fizzle killed it. So Fizzle, you know, family ties on the wake up show. I mean, he, he's killing it for the DD team. So we really appreciate you, Fizzle, and everybody, Dynasty Degenerates. We're back again. The 4D chest. Dynasty Football Podcast. We get to talk to you. And Mike's Eagles are getting ready to play in the Super Bowl. We got a new intro. I'm not sure that we can contain this guy um, any longer. Excitement could go through the roof if they win this thing on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I have no idea what I'm going to do with myself. Uh, unfortunately, next week I'll be working nights, so you guys won't. Uh, you guys won't won't be seeing me on Friday, right? Timelines won't match up, but. The good part about working nights uh, starting on monday night adam is if the eagles do win the super bowl sunday night uh, i got plenty of time to to blow off some steve <laughs> to uh to to center myself a little bit i'll be i'll be over the moon it's like the last one right 2017 was a magical run so let's let's repeat that i need that in my life
0: <laughs> absolutely man yeah i mean i'm looking forward to it. it the one thing i will say that i'm not looking forward to is you know there's that moment after now, Mike will be excited if the Eagles win, right? The after moment's gonna be awesome for him, but that moment after, you're kind of like shit. Like we're we're out, we're out of time. Um, there's no football for a while now. It's official, no football other than the combine and you know preseason hype all the way until the, the fall. So, enjoy the last football game, man. It does, man. You you ain't
1: lying that that it kind of kicks in, right? You get that uh, you get that little bit of lull. It's almost like a little mini depression. It just comes over you. You're like, damn. I guess if you're if you're a fan of the uh, USFL, right? You, <laughs> you get that fired up here. I think that starts what in April, something like that. So you get a little bit of football in the spring, and then college-wise, you get some spring games in there too. But for the most part, all we're doing is talking about rookies and uh, trying to make our dynasty teams the best that they can for 2023. Right? We're trying to uh, trying to set ourselves up for success, whether that's winning a championship or at least laying the groundwork for a future championship by accruing value. So Adam leads me to the point. Let's talk about it tonight. I think you and I have both had a pretty big change of heart. Um, a shift in our, our dynasty strategy per se. How do you know when to tear your team down or when to kind of start setting yourself up for pushing the chips in right to try to make a run for 2023? Like what, what are some indicators for you personally on your teams that, that you, you were like, all right, this team is, this team ain't it, (laughs) this team really doesn't have a shot. I, I, I'm not going to make it. I need to tear this thing down. Like what, what signals that for you?
0: Yeah, I would say, you know, a year ago, I would have told you that if you didn't have at least a, a couple pretty damn good running backs, that that would be something I'm looking for. If you don't have them, you'd either try to acquire them. If you don't have the assets, maybe rebuild. Now I would say Mike for for me honestly, you know, I, I still want to have one that I really like, you know, one, one feature back, if you will. But running back's not really the thing for me anymore. When I look at my team now, I want to say, okay, if I'm ready to contend or if I if I don't think I'm gonna be ready to contend, I need to know do I have one of the top eight quarterbacks? Like on my contending teams, I want to have one of those locked in top eight. If I have at least one of them, I think that's a good start. <clears throat> Love to have you know, two or at least a top eight and a top twelve guy. If I have those two quarterbacks locked in, like I feel really good about my ability to go find a way to make this team compete. The, the other reality too now is that I think you probably need to also have a couple pretty good receivers, uh, two, one or two receivers that are probably in that top twenty mix. But the really the other big thing too is is going to be depth here. And like, let's say you have two of the top eight quarterbacks. Okay, great but is, is the rest of your team absolutely like dog shit? Do you not have any top 24 receivers? And then also not, not just looking at your starting lineup. If I look at your bench and your picks especially, right? Your liquidity I think is something people don't really consider for contenders, right? Well, I don't care what my picks look like. As long as my team's good and I have a couple pieces on the bench, we're good to go. I actually on my contending teams, Mike, wanna have, even if it's not first, some picks in the cupboard that I can go to when things go wrong to trade in. But typically, I'm going to be saying I need to have at least one top eight quarterback, want to have one or two really good receivers, and then I want to make sure that my depth is, is reasonable and I have liquidity. If I have all four of those things, like I'm happy to go into the season with the mindset of contending versus when do I know it's time to tear it down? <laughs> if, I, if I only have, let's say, if you don't have any top eight quarterbacks and you don't have depth, like what are you going to do? <laughs> You're going to contend with that team? How? You may contend it with that team. Don't kid yourself. That's where I think it's time to say, all right, man, I look at this. You know, I got some – eight. maybe you got some aging receivers. You know, you got some running backs that are aging. You don't have the, the greatest liquidity. You don't have top-end quarterbacks. Like, you need to overhaul this team. You know, go ahead and make your picks better. Control your picks being better so that you can find a way to get the quarterbacks and the staples in your lineup that matter. So – I want to
1: use an example because it got brought up in the Patreon today. One of our patrons, we won't name him or anything, but uh, you know who you are when you hear this. <laughs> if you're in the Patreon, you know for sure. Uh, he brought it up like, what, what do I do with this team? You know, he finished third last year. Um, doesn't really feel good about it, though. Doesn't really feel great about what his team is at right now. So if you look at it, Adam, his quarterback situation is uh, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, right? I mean, two elite top five top six guys pretty easily depending on where you rank herbert for some people it might be number two and three or it might be number one and three or some combination of it doesn't really matter but right two really good quarterbacks so first off you're, you're starting off great starting off on a great foot you can't ask for much more in a super flex than those two guys
0: right the
1: rest of his quarterbacks is uh mike white and that's it
0: okay So, but he's got he's got the two anchors and then he has no depth at QB, right Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, Running back situation. I mean, the running backs aren't horrible. Uh, Ramondre, Cam Akers, Tony Pollard, um, Alvin Kamara sitting on the bench, Khalil Herbert, Rashad White, and then, you know, your standard dart throws like Keontae Ingram, Ty Chandler, right? You're just throwing shit at the wall and kind of hoping it sticks. (laughs) You're going, all right, that's fair enough. I mean, that's a a decent enough running back room. I don't think there's any, like, true studs in there. And there's definitely some guys that have some question marks where you go, man. I don't, I don't know what 23 holds for this player. You know, you, as much as we love Cam Akers, it's. I mean, we can kind of be honest about it when we talk about him. We like the way he ended the year, but we've also been burned before. So there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of that that lingers <laughs> around when you say Cam Akers' name. Uh, Ramondre, well, you know, everybody's probably got questions about. Is Bill Belichick going to stick with a damn running back? You know, Ramondre was so good when he got the workload, but is it above Bill Belichick to do something that just pisses us all off? (laughs) Everybody who invests in Ramondre now has to fight with some fourth-round rookie or maybe it's Kevin Harris or maybe it's Pierre Strong that starts getting more work next year. Yeah, absolutely. I think Tony Pollard's fine, uh, really fine if he goes back to Dallas and they get rid of Zeke, holy shit. I mean, Tony Pollard could be really
0: something. Well, I, I don't um, want to take the conversation away from this topic at hand, but Mike, if that happens and they decide to use Tony oh. Pollard as a workhorse role, th- th- this guy's value is going to go to a point where I'm going to probably sell a lot of shares just because I think That's he could fair. smash, but you're talking his, his value could go, go nuts. But yeah, continue on with the team.
1: Alvin Kamara, I mean, we still got the suspension possibly lingering over him for the start of the year. We really don't know how that plays out. And Let's be honest, man. Alvin Kamara wasn't very good last year. Now, I still think he's a good talent. I still think he's probably got maybe one or two more years left in him, just the way his game is. But Saints offense as a whole was just kind of gross. So maybe right. they fix it with a quarterback. You know, they're talking about maybe Derek Carr being there, which is fine. I think that would be better for him. Anything is probably going to be better than Andy Dalton led <laughs> New Orleans Saints offense. But there's some question marks around him, and then, like I said, the dart throw guys, Eno, Benjamin, Khalil cool, Herbert, Rashad, uh, Rashad White is fine. I obviously took a massive hit when <laughs> Tom Brady said, I'm good. I'm out of here. Peace. It's been real. Um, that one hurts, I, yep. Yeah, I don't know how much faith you have in a, a Kyle Trask or Bladen Gabbert let off, <laughs> speaking of bad quarterbacks. But, hey, I don't have any. Get to see? we'll see how
0: <laughs> other people feel.
1: And then the other guys. But wide receivers, Adam, this was a, one of the other points that you are talking about. DJ Moore. You and I both like DJ Moore. Uh, forever going to break her hearts. It seems like, but I'm, I'm in on DJ Moore, man. I still like DJ Moore, uh, a guy that we're not too high on, but some people are Hollywood. So we can just acknowledge. I mean, that's a good, it's definitely a threshold receiver to, to use the words of Mr. Scott Connor himself, uh, Rashad Bateman. How about that? Adam? Like, oh, oh, that breaks my heart. <laughs> what could have been, <laughs> what should have been.
0: Yeah, it's my, my my mind's telling me no, but my body's telling me yeah. You know, because I want Bateman, I want Bateman to kill it. But you got to be honest about Bateman; he's going into year three. If the production isn't there this year, coming off of you know what we've seen in injuries, it just is. Like his market is going to be probably shot if there's not production this year.
1: And other wide receivers of note: Michael Gallup, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Gabe Davis, Josh Palmer, and Donnell Mooney is currently in his IR. So that's the wide receiver core. I don't think that's like a world-beating wide receiver core, man. I mean, it's kind of DJ Moore and Hollywood Brown, and then a bunch of hopefully. hopefully Mike, did likely. you say?
0: Did you say? Is this lineup? Is this best ball? What are we starting?
1: Uh, it is a it is a lineup league. Okay. Is a lineup league let me scroll up here we had a hell of a conversation about it but
0: so in, in, especially in lineup leagues too like in, in best ball I think you know you told me DJ Moore and Hollywood Brown and Bateman you have some depth at receiver mooney types more in on that I think in lineup leagues we're kind of seeing that that's that would be a, a setting where I'd probably as much as I like DJ Moore want to have at least a wide receiver one that's better than DJ Moore you know in a lineup league whereas in the best ball I think I'd be much more much more willing to have this wide receiver corpse be on my contending side
1: the other downside adam it's a start 10 league so and it that makes like it even
0: worse t- you want to have you need to have at least one receiver very north of dj moore and dj moore could be a final receiver too i think but not one
1: tight end situation is is pretty good though i mean he's rocking tj hoggins and dallas goddard i mean like you that could, you could do a lot worse um and i mean kate Otten. If if that's a guy, I mean, you can kind of throw him in there. But uh, no picks in 23, really, to speak of. He's got a fourth rounder. um, 24. His 24 first is gone. Already gone in a deal. So he just has his second, third, and fourth. So when I looked at it, it kind of got posed, and I I pulled it up, and I'm like, man, I'd I'd tear this down. Anything not named Justin Herbert, Josh Allen's going for me. What do you think about it when you look at it, though? See if we differ on this one at all.
0: Yeah, Um, I mean, I I think the other problem is not having your 23 first. I'll tell you what, man, in lineup leagues, the first thing I would say right now is who has your 23 first? Is this someone that's hoarding? Like, what's it going to take to get that back before? Mean 20, 24 first, right? I'm sorry, 24. Yeah, that's what, what I meant. I said 23. I apologize. We, yeah.
1: we, we got to transition, man. We're slow. It's a yeah, year. Know, it takes well, time. I, we, I get it.
0: We, we got, I'm still thinking the Super Bowl this season. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I want to get my 24 first back because, you know, you said he doesn't have it, correct, or does he have it? Does not. Does yeah. not. Sure I want to well. get that back right now when it's got a generic feel that's the cost of acquisition to go get it back versus Mm -hmm. if this team you know come middle of the season is two and six (laughs) that price (laughs) the price of the brick went up man and um that's how you really have a hard time making your team rebuild when you don't have your first and your teams like this and and you're not contending
1: i would say for me if i was doing this this was my team my advice the first move i would make is exactly what you're talking about adam I'm gonna go find whoever has my 24 first, and I'm gonna to try to get it back. And it doesn't mean I'm gonna tear this thing all the way down, no. but I want that flexibility in case I need to, right? And I need yeah. to push the panic button. I don't want to have to push the panic button with somebody <laughs> holding on to my fucking pick that may be the 101 and 24. I don't want to do that. So, no. Adam, like for me, I would be looking at guys like Ramondre, um, Cam Akers, Tony Pollard, Dallas Goddard, uh, Alvin Kamara maybe like hollywood bateman and and just seeing if any one of those guys straight up one for one would interest the guy who's got my 24 first and just punt off them you know what i mean like that 24 first is going to be more to me than wherever it actually ends up you know what i mean If if i compete and i make the playoffs and it's the 110 or the 111 the 112 at the end you look at it and you go holy shit like you paid Dallas Goddard for the 112 in this tight end premium league. And this may be a heavy tight end premium league for all we know, but I would still do that, Adam, just because I want my damn pick back and I want to be able to to use it as I see fit. Right. I want to yeah. be able to push it in when I want to, or I want to be able to have that option of hitting the, the panic button and tearing this all the way down. You can't right. do it if somebody else is holding your future. So that'd be the first thing. Um, But in reality, I mean, when I look at it, I'm going to play more on the side of this team kind of hit its stride last year and did the best that it could and still came up short with Josh Allen and Herbert and, you know, some of these good players. I mean, some of these running backs, like, do you really think they're going to do better than they did last year? Maybe one, maybe two, maybe you get a surprise. But in reality, I mean, we see it time after time again. Like some of these players that are in this middling range, they're more than likely just to let you down, right? Like they just keep continue to piss away value and not actually add anything. And then the quarterback situation, the tight end situation, and the running back situation are fine, but the wide receivers are the hot commodity in Dynasty, and I think that's where the weakest part is. I mean, in a start 10, you just kind of have a bunch of a bunch of dudes, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think they're all fine. You know, DJ Moore's fine. Hollywood Brown's fine. You know, I want to see what Rashad Bateman does. But in a start 10, I don't think there's any real difference makers. There's there's none of those guys where on a weekly basis, if I was playing this team and this was the lineup that was set, that I go, oh, man, you know, what if this dude goes off and just absolutely wrecks me? You know, if, I, if I'm if i playing a team who's got Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase of that that fifty burgers always in the back of my mind. Like this guy could really fucking do it every single week. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah, these wide receivers don't scare me. They well, don't scare me at all.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and you're right. And, and but here's what I will say in lineup, especially since we're talking this format and this team as an example. One of the best things that I've, I've learned from this season, and also knowing things in years past, and with this format, start ten lineup. You have Allen and Herbert, right? <clears throat> so when you think about it josh allen and herbert they're two of the 10 spots so now the other eights if you have two studs at quarterback the other eight are gonna try to play catch up here's the reality with this team herbert from a warp perspective actually wasn't herbert that we're used to last year right mm-hmm. like i don't know if we can for sure say that he can't get back into that warp conversation next year that's very meaningful like i think it absolutely could be the case so yeah. the one thing I, I will tell you is this one I'm not going to write this team off just yet this time of year Two, in this format. Do not move off of these quarterbacks unless you're still staying in the very elite tier. Like mm-hmm. I'm not that. That's the first thing I want to say. Do not move off these quarterbacks. They're both young. They both have upside with their legs. They both are, you know, highly, highly coveted and they're difference makers in this format. So I'm keeping them at all costs. The running backs, like you talked about, like, I like Kamara. The problem with his market is it's going to be shitty all offseason. But if you get off Kamara for, I don't know, if you can get a second in this class and an extra piece, like if you can do something like that, I'm okay doing stuff like that. The one thing I, I will say is with a team like this, the first move I want to do is get my 24 first back for flexibility. And then you want to go into the season and see, kind of see what happens and continue to just make craftful moves because the rest of the positions, you're you're able to play catch-up. Um, you're, you're just trying not to let everyone else destroy you at those spots with those mm-hmm. two studs. First thing I'm going to do, I, honestly, Mike, is since you you mentioned TJ Hawkinson and, and Goddard, if you can get that 24 first back, I'm doing that. And then I'm shopping one of these two tight ends, right? Because a lot of times in these tight end premium leagues, somebody will want, and TJ Hawkins is probably the one that's going to net you more. So I'm seeing what TJ Hawkins can net me. I'll stay with Goddard as my tight end. Have the two stud, you know, quarterbacks. See if Hawkinson can land me something that now I can go use to go get a receiver that matters. That That's the type of thing I think you want to do on a team like this. And, you know, as long as you have your 24 first back, come week five, week six, you'll have an idea of how players are performing for you. I think the other thing, too, is you, you want to get some, if you can right now before the value continues to increase. I've talked about this a lot. Go see if you can get some seconds in this range. You can shoot your shot on a bunch of running backs there that could really pop in value.
1: I like that too, man. I, I kind of want to do the, the liquidity thing, right? I just want to liquidate the guys that I, I'm i worried about, right, and just give myself more flexibility. Like, I'm good. If, if somebody was offering me an early second for Cam Akers, I'd send it immediately. Like, here you mm-hmm. go. One for one, you go ahead, you can have Cam. I'm gonna take this early second. I got months to see what I want to leverage this into. Um, like a mid to late first, maybe for Ramondre is probably about fair. I think you might be able to get it. It depends on your league though, man. It depends how people value running backs and how they value players, but that would be one I'd be willing to shop. Hollywood Brown, same thing, you know, mid to late first, you want to, you want to come my way or the best part is to do some of these leverage moves, Adam, where if, if somebody's sitting on a, a pile of seconds, you know, you might get a, an early ish. Second and like a latest second or an early third or something like that, and you, you take one piece, you turn it into two, give yourself more draft capital to move up, move down, move within tiers, buy vets at a later time. You know, if somebody starts panicking on Devonte Adams, you know what I mean. You might end up taking Hollywood Brown, turn them into draft picks, and then take those draft picks, maybe something else, and you turn it into Devonte Adams. So
0: yeah, and, and you actually yep. get yourself some game game
1: breaking wide receiver talent.
0: Right, and the other thing too to keep in mind there would be um, with like DeAndre Hopkins. You know he's going to be when the news breaks of DeAndre Hopkins in a new situation, like that's probably going to be a small little arrow up time for maybe you know you to look and see what people are willing to do with Hollywood because there you go. You know Hollywood you saw early in the year right had, had was coming along really well had great games was a decent difference maker actually in warp so that could be a nice sell window went on the news of like DeAndre Hopkins more of like a subtle point. <clears throat> but I think, you know, from a conversation of when to tear it down and when not to, when to kind of just keep going, lineup league, start 10, those two quarterbacks, there's really no need to tear it down. Right. Cause like I'm comfortable in a situation like this, basically get me my picks. I have my flexibility. I'll go into the year. I'm not picking my direction yet with this team, but when you have those two stud anchor quarterbacks, you're just going to constantly, in a time like this, try to get more liquidity, try to get pieces that are accruing in value, make, t- make trades, and then see week five, week six, week seven, what it looks like. And then at that point, if you need to go the other way, you want to tear it down that way, That at that point, get more 24 picks, you can do that. But when I have these two quarterbacks in lineup start 10, like, you don't need to tear it down. I mean, you don't need to tear it down to the studs in this situation. So if I just stick
1: to the starting lineup, Adam, would you feel better with what he has in the starting lineup? So like Josh Allen, Ramondre, Cam, DJ Moore, Hollywood, Bateman, Hawkinson, Goddard, Pollard, Herbert, right? We'll just acknowledge those are probably his best players in his lineup right now. Would you feel better with Josh Allen and Herbert and those skill players in your lineup? Or would you feel better at this time of year with, say, Josh Allen, Herbert, and four first-round picks, and five second rounders the latter at various spots
0: the latter not close
1: and i think with some of these players one for one it's pretty easy to say that you might get the 110 you might get the 111 you might get the 201 you might get the 202 uh you might even get like a, a mid to late second tacked on to some of these deals i mean you can li- realistically if you liquidated just the starting lineup outside of those quarterbacks walk away with a shit ton of draft picks and and that gives you all kinds of flexibility. Like I was talking about earlier to buy vets at a later time. You know, you can play the market as people like like you're talking about, man, as like D hop gets dealt somewhere, his market goes up. But at the same time, we know that stuff happens with other vets throughout the off season where, oh man, this is bad news for him. Or, you know, you see what they drafted in this round. And if you look through the bullshit, some of it's just conjecture. You can actually find hidden gems where you're buying at a discount because people are panicking. People are like, I don't want this guy no more. I, You know, you see what they did in the third round of the draft. This this Cam Akers, he's dead, right? Look, Kyron Williams is in town. It's over for Cam Akers. You know, things like that. That's just an example. I mean, I'm not saying that it's over or not over, Kyron Williams is good or bad, but just an example, Adam. Sure. That's when I look at it when I say like, at this point, I would tear it down. I'm, I'm not saying, like, you got to fire sale this whole thing, but everyone in that starting lineup outside of those two quarterbacks, every one of on my team is on the block, every one of them. I want to oh. see what I can get, and I'm going to shop around some offers and see if people want to come off draft capital. And as long as it's reasonable and I don't feel like I'm just getting absolutely bent over, I'm not trading Ramondre for the, the 209 straight up. I'm not that crazy, but if you come with a reasonable offer, and it's in the ballpark of being fair, I'll take the draft pick.
0: No sure. question about it. Right I, now. I, I wouldn't say that's tearing your team down though. Cause I, I, we're on the same page there. I'll take, I will liquidate these guys, especially for 23 picks. Like it's not an issue at all. First round, even first round of 24, I would do it because that's still a piece you can push in in the middle of the season if you need to, right? And people may devalue 24 picks because they want to really get 23 picks uh, currently. So I'm with you on that. on that, on that front, like I want the liquidity now, but I think this is also a timing discussion. <clears throat> Not that I don't want liquidity, period, but right now it is better to have the picks. There's just no question around it. Like <laughs> they're going to accrue value. A lot of these players are, you know, going to be very, they vary quite a bit as far as what people think about those players. The pick has infinite possibilities at this point, you know? So I think that's a big discussion because here's the thing, right? W- like, um, what was the one you uh cam makers you just used right right now i will probably take that early second as much as i love cam makers i'll take the early second today and the reason is because that's going to accrue value there's so much flexibility with what i can do in a trade with that where cam makers you have to find someone that still kind of believes likes what they saw in the back half your market's already probably shrunk in half as far as who will actually value that player like they would the early second here's the thing they'll come the start of the year, right? We're talking about this in February. When we talk August, you know, late July, August, September. The, what that player, if you take the the pick, actually make the pick, take a player, you may prefer Acres over that player. But there's so much time to worry about that. That's not how I how we want to do things. It's not like this this pick you have to make this pick and then it's Cam Acres versus that pick. No, you can move the pick. You can package up. You can package back. There's so many different things you can do with the pick right now, which is the main reason why I think that liquidating here isn't necessarily tearing your team down. It's just getting, you know, assets that are better. So like on the dealing perspective, you know, one of the four D's yeah, go deal for the liquidity because right now gives you more flexibility and trading and arrows up on that. We know like come combine time, come draft time. It doesn't matter what you think of all these certain players. when when some of them go out and kill the combine, get a sweet landing spot, like, you, you saw what happened with Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce is a perfect example last year. This guy was not even going anywhere near the first round. After landing spots were decided and everyone knew everything about 22, I watched people trade into the back half of 22 first round picks constantly for Damian Pierce. Like, that's the whole point of liquidity. That exists. And when this class is deep like this, you could be even looking at more scenarios of trading where, this, this player that's already going, you know, Acres going into year four, Kamara's in year way longer. So th- th- there's a lot less outs on those players where there's so many outs on the pick.
1: I think, too, I'm, uh, I'm getting a lot more comfortable with the uh, the Scott counter approach with leverage, and uh, making the two for one bets. Um, and it doesn't even have to be, you know, what we initially were talking about was, you know, tearing down. We want to tear down, and if you can get this guy in a first, and you can get this guy in a first, most people have have become, become a lot more aware and wise to that move, and it's a lot harder to do. It's a lot harder to pull off the traditional tear down in any league. I will say this, though. You do have the ability, like, with a guy like Hollywood, he still has people who really like him, and if we're talking just in his general range, Adam, what if it was something along the lines of a... I'm going to trade you a hollywood and i'm going to get back a jacoby myers in a second whether it's in 23 or 24 would you be open to something like that as far as trying to get more assets on the team more liquidity more ability to to kind of push and pull as you see fit say, say that one again i'm sorry so it's, it's if you were to send away like hollywood brown who still has a lot of people who love him in the community and you were to get something back like jacoby myers in a second
0: um i don't mind that um especially depending on where the second is at all because you're getting two shots and, and i like myers i think that's the difference right like i like myers i like the second the one thing though here in start 10 is like i'm good with that move specifically but you also don't want to do that too many times because you're looking to actually up tier more in a, in a start 10 but like on that spe- on the specifics of that individual deal yes i would do it a lot of people may tell you that the the difference between hollywood though and myers They'd rather send a second in this format. For me though, in this class, I think that the 23 seconds are valuable enough where that's a player that could absolutely matter in start 10 and be someone you start weekly.
1: Okay. Uh, What about, you know, we'll talk about your boy Cam Akers. What if you were to send away Cam Akers for Damian Harris and the 206?
0: Mm. I'll tell you what here. So to me, like Damian Harris is somebody I'm not like overly excited about. Which is why I, I'm not crazy about the deal, but honestly, 206 for Acres in itself is is reasonable enough because there's so many good running backs in this class that you're getting you're going off a year four guy to a you know rookie, right? But th- mm-hmm. We just know how the age matters in dynasty right now. <sighs> Damn, why'd you have to do this to me, Mike? This pains me. <laughs> I do not want to say that I will take that pick, but <sighs> I might do it. I might do it in this format because here's the thing. Damian Harris, as much as I may like him or not, is a good enough running back that if he lands in the right situation, even if he's not the day one starter with injuries, could be a plug-and-play weekly starter at running back for three, four weeks, five weeks. Like, you you win. You already win the trade, right? You already win the trade with that. I'll tell you the one thing I'll, I'll say that, uh, you already know if you listen to this podcast enough how I'm bullish on Acres LaFleur going over to that system, how they used him in the back half of the year – the reason I'm a little more hesitant on it is because I think like you could be seeing a crazy, crazy good year coming from Acres, But process-wise, I got to take the two. Okay. Those are just a couple examples.
1: I'm just kind of gauging ADP and keep trade cut value and, and looking at moves specifically for this kind of team that I would make. But, that at least the listener can kind of get an idea of... When we talk about liquidity, and when I talk about tearing it down, I don't think it's as extreme anymore. I mean, I will still talk about the nuclear rebuild, and I'm still going to have a handful of those where, Adam, it's a, it's a fucking fire sale, man. <laughs> Everything must go. Get the hell off my team. I'm just trying to get any kind of value I can. You know, I'll take the the 308. I'll take the 309. I'll give the 401. Give me the 401 for this dude. You can have him, right? Scott and Eric are talking about the auto accept trade block. That some bitch would be full. Like, just take this dude off, off my team. Like, I want nothing but draft picks. I want nothing but youth. I'm not investing in, in running backs, right? I'm just, I'm trying to get in anything that's going to go in value. When I say tear it down, I guess I got to kind of change to my 23 version of tear down. So when I look at it, I go, man, tear it down. And what I mean by it is just liquidate some of this stuff. And there's all kinds of moves you can do. It's straight up one for one for pick value. But if people don't want to do it, you have these options to kind of go into the crusty land, but also get a draft pick where, if any one of those hits off what Scott was talking about with the leverage play. So Adam say, there's a scenario. Damian Harris signs a free agent deal with, with some team, right? Maybe uh, the Cowboys don't want to franchise tag, Tony Pollard. They let Zeke walk. They're looking for a running back. All of a sudden next year, you're looking at Damian Harris to lead back for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, whether that's 50% of the snaps or 60, it doesn't really matter, but he has fantasy value somewhere, right? Think of like chase Edmonds. When he went to Miami, it didn't work out. It didn't work out, but Chase Edmonds had some fucking fantasy value leading up into the season. We're like, well, this is going to be
0: the dude. He, he had, he had, he had, w- production wise, you could argue, but here's the thing he had the opportunity, right, to take yes. production. But the other big thing is at that point, and you got to remember right now we're talking in February, so it's hard because everyone's thinking 23 and youth. You go think about last year, you think about what next year will look like in the start there. If, Whatever you think about Damien Harris, if he's considered to be the lead back on a team, he has market now, right? That's the difference. Like today, his market is meh, very meh, right? But if you're saying Damien Harris is the lead back for the Cowboys and w- going into week one, he's going to have yeah. a market, you know?
1: going to have a big one. But that's like the kind of move where it doesn't really matter what happened with that second that you got. Whether it was a 209, 210, 211, doesn't really matter. You already broke even on the trade. You know the Cam Akers, Damian Harris thing. Those guys are going to be Correct. similar, similar. And say Damian Harris does produce at a decent enough level. I mean, you're you maybe in the best case scenario talking three, four points, fantasy points difference. Like you still got a running back that you can start every single week. You basically got a free second rounder. Now you set yourself up for the scenario: is what if you hit both? <laughs> what if you hit on Damian Harris and then at the two ten you draft? zach evans and he actually becomes a thing right he actually has a a role maybe he goes third round to some team kind of like the you know the damian pierces of the world and you're like oh man look at him he's starting right he's had a great preseason he comes out of the gates hot and all of a sudden people really want some some zach evans or he's actually producing for your fantasy team at above replacement level 13 14 fantasy points now you've doubly smashed that trade. So when I say I want the liquidity, I want to tear it down. That's kind of what I'm talking about, right? I want to make those kind of bets. Obviously, the easy ones are going like, you know, give me the two hundred one for Cam Akers. Okay, that depends if somebody really wants to buy Cam Akers. But you can get down to these crusty places where people are going, "Fuck, man, this is all it cost me. It's all It cost me the two hundred nine and Damian Harris for Cam Akers. Yeah, I'll make that bet." <laughs> Well, <laughs> Go for and, it. I'd like some Cam and,
0: and I mean, what you could probably do in a lot of places, um, even in a league like this, Mike, is based on how Cam Akers played in the back half, there was at least resurgence in his value, right? And there's probably some people out there that might let you today. Like, are you going to get the two for 201 in every league? Probably not. Probably a lot of leagues you can't, actually. I'm sure there's some. But in the majority of leagues, I'll bet you, you can probably find a way to get 208 and 305. Someone will be yeah. like, "What? Seriously? I'm g- done right? I know it sounds crazy. It's not the sexiest, but when you're talking, you you could end up landing, you know, another running back that could have reasonable enough value. Maybe not all of Cam Akers, but close. And you're resetting the youth button, and you get an extra shot at the dartboard in the third. Like it sounds gross today, because people. I think another thing, uh, Mike and Dynasty Generous remembers." sunk cost fallacy is hard to wrap your mind around, right? People invested a first in this guy at one point, right? People probably, Mm -hmm. unless you got him in the middle of last year, dog shit cheap when people were writing him off completely, you invested something so people don't want to say, I'm taking a loss though, I'm getting a second, a a late second and a third, that doesn't matter though. What you you paid up front four years ago is irrelevant now, right, you want to, we don't care about that anymore. We're trying to make our dynasty teams better so this is a process play that would work there.
1: So we'll kind of change it up here and we're gonna finish out the show with these couple scenarios. I have so think about that same team that we got. What would be your answer, say if you only had one of these quarterbacks? Like it's Josh Allen and it's Jared Goff. Same all the same assets? All the same assets. Swap Herbert for Goff. Hmm.
0: So it's a little different there. I, I'm still I'm still okay. The the one difference now is you know, you probably would like to see if you can get another one of those quarterbacks in that price range, which yeah. is the top eight. Problem there becomes you don't have enough assets to really make it work. It work. You're probably in that scenario going to, once again, go into it not having a direction picked with the same ideas, hoping that Goff, you know, maintains the job. There's people out there that believe you may get an extension. All of a sudden, you know, you could make this team work. But the reality is Goff, and the difference there, Mike, is this. Goff, for me, like I'm happily moving him if I can find a way to get into that other top-tier quarterback. What I'm not doing in the other scenario is like, I'm not moving those quarterbacks, basically, unless you are absolutely overpaying, and I'm still getting a quarterback in the top 12. Like, that's the only scenario I'm moving those other two quarterbacks. They're basically off the table where like Goff's obviously not off the table.
1: Right. If I'm looking at it in that scenario for me, Adam, I think I'm more on the the nuclear rebuild, right? I'm going to shop Josh Allen if that's my only quarterback because of the things you said. It's like, you got Jared Goff, you got Josh Allen, you have a stud at quarterback and you have a decent enough starting lineup, but Adam, you don't have any, you don't really have a realistic way of getting a a semblance of a top 18, top 15 dynasty quarterback to be your third, right? It's it's almost no. impossible. You're gonna have to bargain Ben Shop like a son of a bitch, right? You're gonna have to go out and buy Zach Wilson or take your shot on Jameis Winston, like one of these turds, and just hope that man, I hope they become something next year. So a lot more scary I think everybody goes on the block in that scenario for me. And I'm I'm really actively looking to to move Josh Allen to try to set myself up with that that Josh Allen package, right? You want him, give me four first. He's yours. I'm going to hit the reset button and, and try to build for 2025, 2026. Um, same scenario, take away the other quarterback, Adam. Maybe it's Kirk Cousins and, and Jared Goff, who both had decent enough years. So there's a scenario last year where they got this team into the playoffs, right? They actually got him into the playoffs, could finish third. Variance was crazy as fuck. But now you're looking at it, you don't have any elite quarterbacks. Well, what are you doing with it?
0: Well, so, so this one here is an easy one for me this is honestly the perfect fantasy and nfl parallel in my opinion what's Kirk cousins do good enough to sneak in the playoffs but you know you ain't going nowhere <laughs> right jared goff was good enough to get you almost in the playoffs hell even when he was on his rookie contract he got you a super what what you're not going to do in a start 10 unless you would have to have – like, if you told me those are your two quarterbacks, but you have Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and CeeDee Lamb, okay. Yeah. Or maybe we're having a conversation where I'm like, you might be able to find a way with these two QBs. But the reality is those two quarterbacks are good enough to keep you in the mix. But both having both those two quarterbacks in start 10, not saying you can't do it, but it's not as likely. Like, your odds are just not very good with those as your two anchor quarterbacks in a one-and-done tournament winning three games in a row.
1: I feel you. All right. I'm, I'm with you there. It, if I was a fucking nuclear cell with Josh Allen and Jared Goff, I would be an absolute extreme nuclear cell, mortgage everything with those two, those two middle-of-the-road guys. How about this? You get the two top quarterbacks back, right? So they're back on the team. We hit the reset button. You add a player, like say this team had a – a uh a justin jefferson on it so his receiver core would be jefferson dj moore hollywood uh bateman's riding the pine and then you got those other guys on the bench right gallup dpj gabe davis josh palmer yep what are you doing with the team then And our
0: what, what's the quarterback situation same. same as the original josh oh.
1: allen justin herbert mike white is your third
0: i mean this is this is great this is what you want this uh, that's more ideal for me if you give me one of those ones That's a top, top tier receiver. I would like to upgrade DJ Moore now. Like I think, but DJ Moore is a good enough receiver too in this format. So in start 10, majority of start 10 leagues, right? What you're going to be looking at is your quarterback and super flex, two running backs. And you're going to also see the, um, you know, the three receivers now. So when you have the three receivers in start 10, that's where like DJ Moore is okay at receiver two, but I would really like now that I have this situation Still probably want to get my twenty four first back because what if Jefferson gets hurt? What if these quarterbacks get hurt? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <clears throat> but the reality now is, like, once I do that, I'm looking to see what do I have to do to make DJ Moore my wide receiver three, and maybe get Devontae Smith in there. Even like I don't necessarily have to go all the way up to Ceedee Lamb, but let me get you know another back end wide receiver one, high end receiver two to go along with this team. Now I think now I think we're cooking with gas, Mike. You do that.
1: On the liquidity front, are you actively searching as much or does that take a step back where you're kind of like, it has to be pretty good liquidity for me to move into a pick?
0: Nothing changes, honestly, for me here because yep. it, it, I'll tell you why. Basically, the only difference is now you're going to give me Justin Jefferson's going to go in the same the same conversation as those QBs. They're I'm not trading them unless you overpay. So now those three are like my more untouchable assets. I'm not going to say they're untouchable, but they're like... Pay me fucking something crazy, or you can just kick rocks. Everybody else still, I'm doing the same thing. Like I'm gonna constantly liquidate and then replenish with youth or try to make those picks accrue value and trade back into a receiver that's higher than Hollywood or higher than DJ Moore or whatever. Okay.
1: Well, let's uh let's change DJ Moore in this scenario to a wide receiver with more appeal, more dynasty value, more hotness to his name. Say it's Garrett Wilson instead of DJ Moore. What okay are you doing that.
0: Um, I think so here's the thing. I think Garrett Wilson is, you know, as you know, he's my receiver one in this class. Um, I'm very high on him. But he also has a very hot market. So in this in this scenario, like you probably love having, you know, Jefferson and and Garrett Wilson as wide receiver one. In those
1: in those two fucking quarterbacks and your team is decent enough at running back, you got (laughs) tight ends, you gotta be feeling pretty good about yourself, minus not having your 24 first right
0: yeah and I I guess this probably comes down to risk tolerance for people like I think there's gonna be a lot of people say no I'm good you can can just I got I'm good on Garrett Wilson like I'll find another way to go get a receiver that I don't want to have touched again a different way me personally though Garrett Wilson's in the mix were I'm not actively looking to move him but at the same time like I'll put him on the block I'll see what comes my way and then what I'm trying to do is as much as I love the guy like, Keep Jay Cut has him at wide receiver five. If I get two 23 firsts or even a 23 and a 24 first for Garrett Wilson, sorry, man. Love him. Love him. Got to go. Like, I, I think that's the, that's where still, though, the receiver thing for me is I would like to take multiple shots at very good spots to now land Garrett Wilson again and have another chance to you know accrue value somewhere else. So, two first or north of two first, Garrett Wilson's going to go whereas jefferson probably is the one that you're gonna to have to come to me with like three four firsts, and you know one of which is an asset that isn't necessarily even just a first like someone that's also really good like if you give me garrett wilson and two first okay maybe i'll d- take that for jefferson but outside of that like i think Je- i think wilson here is the one i want to shop jefferson i'd rather keep and i'm looking to get i'm looking to liquidate garrett wilson for his Honestly, it's getting to the point where, as crazy as you're going to say this is, he's getting to peak. I mean, Garrett Wilson's wide receiver five on keep trade cut. Without a quarterback, like, what's he going to do to go up? Do you think he's passing A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson? He's not.
1: Yeah. I think what would be really cool with Garrett Wilson, and I'm full agreement with you, it may sound sacrilegious, but for me, I'm looking like Garrett Wilson, and my target, my target range is to try to get a 107 or better in this class, with this team in mind, 107 or better and a 24 first. And if you're going to give me that, done, gone. I know Garrett Wilson's hot. You love him. I like him too, Adam. And, and you and I will go back and forth on Olave and Garrett Wilson until we're blue in the face. But the fact is they're both incredible young wide receivers that that we were both high on. But if I could get like the 107 and a 24 first for Garrett Wilson on this team, and in, in really any team, but specifically I'll keep it to this team since this is kind of the exercise we're going through, what do they need, Adam? They need a third quarterback in in the worst way. In the worst way. Like, you can get by with two studs, no doubt about it. But what if something happens? Or what if bye weeks? Like, I don't want to drop a game on a bye week just because Josh Allen wasn't playing. Like, Mm the rest of the team did fine. I just didn't have that that second quarterback to give me my advantage. (laughs) I don't want to drop it and maybe lose a seed in the playoff. And, you know, instead of being, you know, one of the top two seeds, and now I'm the fucking three seed and I got to play in the first round and there's another week where variants could kick my ass and knock me out. I don't, I don't want to be in that scenario. So if I get the 107, I don't, I'm thinking to myself, like, with what I know of the draft class, kind of what I know from mock drafts, where people are going, just some general counting in my head of the number of prospects I'm going, shit, man, that could be Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, maybe somebody who doesn't like Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, I could get a third quarterback, a young third quarterback, which is going to be hot and carry dynasty value for a while. And then I have a 24 first that at some point during the season, if I needed to push in or I needed to fill a hole or I needed to go out and get another wide receiver because Jefferson's going to be out for three or four weeks and I want to keep maintaining shit, now you have that liquidity, that thing available to you to push in at that time. So right. that would be my move on it, too. I'm with you on the Garrett Wilson thing. Like, give me two first, and especially if I get one of them to be the 107 in this class and kind of fill a team need or at least sure up a position a little bit, even if it's not like Anthony Richardson doesn't play all year, I'm in an asset that people are going to want, right? He does right. something in the preseason. All of a sudden, he might get a value bump. I might get... Kirk Cousins and a you know a really good plus for my Anthony Richardson share I get to turn that into a third quarterback and maybe a wide receiver like a you know a Hollywood Brown type
0: back as well for the quarterback and think about it actually um this is a good one now this Garrett Wilson's a hypothetical so it's not actually for this team but in this hypothetical situation what's perfect about this I'll give you two scenarios um for us to kind of get out of this episode on on two different points here would be a perfect way, and if you had this, but you didn't have your 24 first back, let me get 107 and my 24 first back. Someone's going to be like, oh, I want Garrett Wilson. Hell yeah. You can, all right, fine. You can have your 24 first back. Because for them, they oh, think yeah. they're probably not getting – like, you know, what, what people probably are starting to get sharper on is a – they don't want to trade away a twenty-four first first for an asset that doesn't really have value retention. Like we saw what happened with Cooper cup, some of these older receivers and you're starting to see older players in general, like Devonte Adams right now, it's wide receiver 16. It's, it's criminal. You know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. they, the age. So, but would, if you send someone a young tantalizing receiver, like Garrett Wilson, they may say, Oh, there's value retention there. So they, they're more happy to get off of that 24 first of years that they already had. But That's the scenario one, right? That's if you didn't have yours back. It's a good way to get it back. If you can get off of someone like this, it's at his peak. The other way would be, let's say you didn't need your 24 first back. What I'm looking to do then is I'm going to roster bait at this point, right? Shout out to Cody, roster baiter. I'm going to go roster bait, and I'm going to see, okay, what team is decent enough that they might be able to convince themselves they're a true contender, but you look look at the roster construction, like, nah, this – I want to bet against this manager. This manager, this roster construction, that's who I want to bet against. Let me get, you know, whatever first they have at 23, and let me get their 24 first. Cause now I'm I'm playing with that lotto ticket, right? All of a sudden, I'm giving I'm getting out of Garrett Wilson at probably face value, two first ish, one of which is like maybe the 107, 108. seven, one oh eight. Let's see this this team snuck in the playoffs, but they lost in the first round. And you're looking like, this team is two injuries away from me getting into drake may caleb williams you know travion henderson marvin harrison jr imagine you net the 107 and you get the pick that gives you marvin harrison jr next year holy shit and the other thing too about a 107 that you, you were mentioning like you could probably get a quarterback there but regardless let, let's even say the quarterbacks go ahead of you now like all those quarterbacks are going us say all four of them get first round draft capital top 15 and they all get picked in front of you but you know what's going to happen Bijan's still gone, so now that's five. You're going to get your pick of the wide receiver too. You're going to get either Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, you know, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. So, right. like, you're going to get two shots at receivers again, and one of which will be a 24 classes really deep in liquidity. So, those are the type of moves that I think um, I would make in ten team like this. But I guess the point is for us here. Really it's actually in a lineup 10 team like this And I think it would be different for different Settings but if you tell me We have two of the top 8 quarterbacks Like this What tearing it down means is different right Like tearing Mm -hmm. down some of your non-essential Pieces for picks and liquidating them Cool that's not really tearing it down to the studs Though nuclear rebuild like you're talking About I'm probably only going to do that If I'm if the cupboard is completely Barren at my quarterback spot Because of how valuable quarterback is in a start 10 League I've also seen teams
1: like the scenarios out there where you got the two quarterbacks. Uh, maybe his wide receivers are are a little bit better, but not as deep. Like the depth is what's lacking, right? Maybe he is rocking Chase and Jefferson. Uh, his third wide receiver might be a Bateman, and then after that, like what's sitting on the bench is is kind of what he has here, or or maybe even a little bit less. Like it's it's really gross. I think in that scenario, I'm trying to get depth. Like I, I know there's guys that I really don't want to move off of, and like I need a a haul to get off of. And I'm not going to say I'm going to sell them cheap, but I'm, I'm more apt to building the team out depth wise, like trying to get multiple pieces back. Hopefully, you know, a couple of them be draft picks, right? So I could stay fluid, stay liquid. But is there any scenario, Adam, where you're just like, I ain't touching this team. Like I'm good. Like I don't have my 24 first, but I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm not going to actively try to get a pack. Uh, I'm just going to kind of rock it out. You know what I mean? I'm just going to, I'm going to roll into 23 with exactly what I have. You know, you might make some small moves here and there, but anything where you're you're not actively looking to, like, sell some of these guys, like, what would the team have to look like where you go, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to roll this right in there.
0: No, I don't think that's I, – I don't think so. No, I think I'd be looking to do it. The The, the scenario where I would say I'm going to look to acquire it back. What I'm not going to do, though, so, you know – if we use this team as an example, or it doesn't really matter. Like, there, there's basically a cutoff of players in positions, in tiers. Like, I'm not gonna sell those to go get this pick back, right? I'm not giving up... I'm not giving up Chase and Jefferson, unless it's multiple picks and my 24 first back, right? Like, I'm not doing yeah. that. Like I'm not coming off of those stud quarterbacks even to get my 24 first back. Like, it's just not happening. I don't even care. I'm not coming off those two quarterbacks to get it back. To me, I think that Garrett Wilson conversation really should help everyone in Dynasty Degenerates think about like I'll do it basically to get my 24 first back for a lot of players in the top fifty even. But what there's basically a cutoff of like Jefferson Chase, no. CeeDee Lamb, as much as I love him, like I I may consider it. If you wanted to put CeeDee Lamb and AJ Brown in that conversation, fine. But anyone south of that for sure, at receiver, I'll do it. Any running back, not named B. John Robinson, like <laughs> I'd, I'd, con- I'd consider it to get my twenty-four first first back. Um, and then the stud quarterback. So basically, like, if I'm not trading away a top 8-12 quarterback and I'm not trading away one of those top-end receivers or, like, Travis Kelsey, like, I'm probably, you know, I'll probably consider all the other options to get my twenty-four first first back. doesn't matter how the team's built. I want that flexibility. I think uh, for you and
1: I, the the biggest change to put a bow on it for us is – At this point last year, if we kind of go back in time and and how we valued it, it was like, we're in or we're out. And at this point, I'd be making a lot of moves, pushing all in, leveraging everything that I had. All the liquidity I have, I'd be like, man, fuck that liquidity. (laughs) I'm pushing it in. I'm going for the title in in 2023. I don't care about that second-round pick that I got. I don't care about the 301 that I'm holding. I'm pushing it in. I still think there's a scenario where, like, I – it's hard. It's a hard habit to break, right? I I still want to do it to an extent, but my range of outcomes, like I've become way more cognizant of what could happen. What is the downside if I'm wrong? Like if my analysis is bad and I miss out. What am I going to look like holding the bag in 2023? And I think that has opened my eyes more than anything that has changed my opinion more because I'm going, yeah, I'd like to push my 24 first in right now. But you and I have both seen teams of our own where you're going like, "Shit, man, that would be so handy to have that 24 first right now. I fucked up. <laughs> this team went to dog shit in a hurry. I wish I had my pick back so I could rebuild. I wish I could tear this whole thing down cuz this just ain't working for me. I am stuck in the middle. I don't think uh I don't think me 2020 me 2022 me would have had that thought process to go. Definitely not. Hey. Hey just relax. Man. Just relax. It's not worth it. So, when we talk about when's the right time to tear it down, when's the right time to push in, the only definitive answer I have right now, Adam, is right now is probably not the time to push it. <laughs> February is not the time to try to build your contender for 2023. Stay fluid, stay liquid, stay mobile.
0: Yeah, I think the, the only um, I guess the asterisk would be, one, I, even in best ball, I, I'm probably not like, itching to do it. Now, the difference here is this. In lineup like this, 10 team, I'm good. Like, I want my 24 first pick back. If I have it, like, I'm probably just not going to move it in. Because I'd rather just wait until we know more in week 8, week 10, whatever it is. Right now, like, th- if you think back to last year, everyone listen. Think Final point to get you out of here. Think about last year. How excited were people for Russell Wilson and Denver? Right. Second round pick. Superflex. Right, right,
1: you people. got me, buddy. <laughs> you got me with the Russell Wilson trick that we made in that C two C league. Holy shit! Oh shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, there you and go. Guess who else was involved? Matt Stafford.
0: Oh well, I, so there you go. Take take the cake away because Matt Stafford was another guy that people were excited about. Right, um, people that were anchoring their team as the quarterback too, and being right. really excited for Matthew Stafford. <laughs> Those you know? were my two quarterbacks I got from you. I mean, it's but that's the point. Is like w- so much. And here's the thing, if you would have told, if, if someone would have told you this time last year, like Russell Wilson in Denver is going to be hideous like it was this year, you would have mm-hmm. been laughed out of the building. You're crazy. Have you seen Russell Wilson play? Have you seen what they traded away to get him? I want Russell. Like, that's the thing. We as You can know everything or think you know everything. There's so much stuff that happens that you don't understand. You know, people were very polarized on Tyree Kill. They didn't, they didn't think Tua was going to be the greatest for him. R- RIP that narrative. I mean, too, uh, Tyreek Hill had his best year he's ever had. I mean, like we just don't know enough at this time of the year to make these bets. I guess the, the, the asterisk, though, is line up like this, start 10. Because of all those variables and things that could go wrong that you have no idea about, I want my pick. I still want my pick in best ball, but if I can use my pick in 24 to get a crazy good deal right now and my team is rostered really well, that's probably the exception I'll make a trade today with my 24 first is if it's a best ball league, I'm super deep. We've done all the best ball strategy stuff we talked about. And this on the surface is too good to be true. And it's a value retention asset. So once again, like if someone's going to find a way to let me get you know, Garrett Wilson or something that's safe value wise for a 24 first and a second or something crazy. Okay. Yeah. I'll make the exception there outside of that though. I just want my liquidity. I'd rather have the flexibility, if shit goes wrong, then, you know, week eight, week 10, maybe the pick now is going to be a playoff team, so it's not quite as valuable. But you know what the inverse of that is, which sucks a lot more, is if you traded that away as a generic, and now that t- that pick looks like a top three pick, and you can't get it back. That is the worst spot to be in Dynasty. We're not doing that this year, Michael. We're not doing that. Dynasty DeGeneres, we're not doing that, so... I hope this uh, this episode brought you a lot of value. It was nice to kind of walk through with that team, um, give you some more yeah. specific scenarios on what we, what we would be doing and then a couple hypotheticals um, to give you an idea of our mindset on, on Lineup Start 10. So I hope this was valuable for you. And just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess
1: that's gonna do it we're gonna bounce out of here if you want some comedy go back and listen to our c2c pod from way back when you'll see how embarrassed i am and why i'm hesitant to change my strategy because that was bad (laughs) that was bad i'm out of here peace we're out
0: peace